Welcome to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach. I'm Brandon. And today we are talking about cultural misunderstandings and misinterpretations. So for the first portion of this episode, we're here with Red from the Red's Ramblings podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about his podcast, experiences that he's heard about through interviews that he's done with people around the world, and then just kind of chat about this topic and about what we think. And then in about an hour or so, we'll have people tuning in live to then give their personal experiences, personal anecdotes of times when this may have either happened to them or maybe times where they have misunderstood someone else's culture and should be a good episode. So Red, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast. I know we did a collaboration previously. And so if you haven't listened to that yet, definitely check that one out as well. But go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you do and what your podcast is all about. Well, thank you guys. Um, Yep. Name's Red. I have a podcast called Red's Ramblings. And what I primarily do is reach out to people, you know, around the world from various cultures and just, just get an idea, you know, of, of what they do, how life is, traditions, folklore, stuff like that. And through doing that, basically what this is going to be, I've learned a lot of things that I, you know, I go in thinking, okay, I'm going to think with this mindset of this particular country or whatever. And a lot of times I come out with a insanely more expansive and broad idea of what that country is. I feel like I'm not exactly the best knowledge person for this, but heck, I'm I'm glad to be chosen because I have came across this type of stuff pretty often for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, we're happy to talk about it. I, I really enjoyed in the episode you did with Daryl Davis, he yes. he was talking a little bit about, you guys were talking about traveling and how yeah. that is basically how you learn about these different cultures. That's how you learn about people in these different areas and things. And I think it's super important. And your podcast is doing a good thing in talking to all these people. <laughs> Even I, I get that you don't feel like the most qualified, but at least <laughs> through proxy, you've got a wealth of different you know stories that you've heard about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So let's just jump into it, I guess. What do you think, you know, are a couple examples from from different countries of the most, I guess we'll start big, you know, what do you think are the the largest misunderstandings that you've encountered through interviews that you've done on your podcast, Um, either things that guests have told you or things that you yourself didn't quite understand very well before having the interview with someone? I know that's a that's a real broad question. You can start really anywhere. Oh no, that that's actually a perfect question for what I wanted to start with, anyways. Nice. And it for me, it is by far the biggest thing I've come to find. It's what an American misunderstanding is. I would say majority of us think. I, I don't even want to say a majority, but a fair amount would imagine. It's definitely stuff you see and hear about. Obviously, we we grow up learning English. Some of us grow up learning other languages, take other languages in school, college, or whatnot. So one of the biggest things I've learned is that where primarily we only learn one language here in the States, primarily, like we're not forced to learn another language. Mm -hmm. In other countries, because English is so widespread, because of that, a lot of other countries, they learn two languages, like at a young age, like they learn their, you know, native tongue, Mm-hmm. At the same time, they learn English in like kindergarten. So they grow up knowing two languages or more from the get-go, from a very young age. 
And I don't think that's as known as it should be. Like a lot of people think, oh, if you're from, you know, let's just say Spain, you should just know, you know, Spanish. Or if you're just from India, you should know, you know, Hindi or, or, or Bengali language. Mm-hmm. But when those people come on and they know fluent English, very fluent English. And a lot of people are like, well, wh- where'd you learn that? I'm like, no, like they learned that in school <laughs> because that's a very easily the most spoken language in the world. So it's just, it's all, it's taught alongside their native tongue. And I think that's the biggest one I've come across by far. Because a lot of times when I go into looking for information on a particular country, uh, one of the things I, I do is like the do's and don'ts of that culture. Like if I was to visit, yeah. right? And one of the main things you see on every list of do's and don'ts of whatever country, it's don't be shocked at how well that country speaks English. That's a top one almost every time. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's it's true that, you know, plenty of these other countries, they learn it from a, such a young age and not even just two. I mean, you had mentioned sometimes more than that. You know, I know oh, yeah. in Europe, sometimes they'll have Russian, German, and languages like Latin even and other oh, yeah. other languages that we don't touch, you know, until maybe high school or usually college or, or things like that. I know we had talked about it on, on our last collaboration, but I really think that's something that our education system needs to factor oh, yeah. in and change because it's nuts. And it, it really helps you to not only understand the language, but understand little bits of differences between the, the cultures and the, mm. the people. And I think you touched on one thing specifically that I wanted to delve a little deeper in. And, and that's when you were talking about India. So I had an Indian friend back in high school and middle school. I remember always would get annoyed when anyone asked if he spoke Indian because, <laughs> because that's not, I mean- It's not a language. Right, it's not a language. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that Americans do oftentimes is they'll just jump to, oh, you come from X country, you must speak yeah. this. Yeah. But really, there's a lot of cases where that country will speak multiple different languages or, you know, different dialects or, or whatever. Yeah, or their language isn't based off the name of their country. Right. Like right. Indian, Indian, or right. like Chinese. Chinese is not a language. <laughs> right. You got Mandarin and then a crap ton of others, depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. And then you have, even in like, I tell people I'm Jamaican. They're like, all right, so speak Jamaican. I'm like, that's impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think that's definitely something that a lot of people just don't realize and and then yeah. winds up leading to them inadvertently f***ing someone off because oh, they, yeah. they say oh, yeah. something like that. And, you know, I get it, right? From from how little we teach it in schools and from yeah. how little we focus on it, I don't blame the individual for it. I will go ahead and um, I guess going on a limb because a lot of people at least have to take Spanish class, I think. Mm-hmm. Zach, how many Spanish classes have you think you've taken? Oh boy, enough that I should know it a lot better right. than I do. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I think that's that's the big, that's yeah. a huge point that I, I, like it is emphasized at least by the curriculum and the teacher, right? right? So they're extremely passionate. Everyone in your age group also is learning the same thing. That means every person in middle school should confidently be able to have a mediocre conversation in Spanish, and right. during that time. At least I've been learning it since like kindergarten. I still can should be able to, you know, do that, you know, rudimentary introductory paragraph. But the focus is not even there to retain it. Yeah. You know, like learning a language just to enhance the brain and that's it. Not even to use the properties at all. Yeah. I, th- I think that's that's probably also, at least for us here in the States, if, if I heard you correctly, Brandon, that's probably also depending on where you're at. 
Like I didn't have the option until high school. And even then it was wow. optional. Like I didn't have to. Is that the same thing you with you, Zach? Yeah, yeah. So I started taking it in middle school and that was an honors class. Then, and it was just very, very basic. Uh, but then we started in high school, which it was mandatory that you took something, um, but only I think like a year or two. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was real limited. And I'm, yeah. I'm extremely in the minority. I had I had Spanish in like kindergarten through second, and then wow. all the middle school. Yeah, like I went nuts. to Spain. Yeah, I went to Spain. Speaking the language, the majority of it was from what I learned in middle school, and I was like, "How come everyone doesn't know this?" And I, re- I guess I'm realizing that not everybody's middle school upbringing <laughs> <laughs> right. is the same. I was like, "Oh wow." Yeah. No. Like yeah, I said, it was crazy. an option, and I regret not take not taking it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But um. Again, I didn't have to if I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. If, you could, if you could pick a language that you would feel as if would bridge a lot more gaps in regards to the American people or even yourself, what do you think would be the language oh. you want to learn? Oh, dude, it, would, it has to be Spanish. Yeah. I would think, you know, that's got to be our second most spoken language easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. Yeah. Like, that's definitely one of the ones I want to do. For me, it's Spanish, Mandarin, German, Japanese, uh, wow. I think Russian are the yeah. other ones I want to do. Yeah. It'll cover a lot. And, you know, there's so much crossover <laughs> between that stuff and, yeah. and other stuff, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't really speak it, but I understand a little bit of Polish from my family. And yeah. it's super similar to Russian. You know, there's so much crossover. Yeah, Mandarin would be a tough one because it's so different in structure. But well, I would say, because I know a bit of Mandarin myself, it is a lot easier than Spanish because of tenses and whatnot. There's not really, it, it, I guess, uh, there's not really like the are, the is, kind of like yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, is what it is. Like It's all present tense and mm. it cuts out like half the language. I know a fair amount of German. I know a fair amount of Japanese. And of course, you know, living here forever, I know a fair amount of Spanish, but not enough to have a conversation. And actually, the Malaysian guy I spoke to, Siler, I got him teaching me uh, Mandarin. Nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, trying to get it done, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So while we're on the topic of language, this is a, li- a bit of a tangent, but I had a question that I wanted to ask you, Red. Given your experiences and your both your upbringing and, and your life since then, so you clearly have a bit of a more Southern accent. Have yeah. you have you <laughs> have you noticed anyone forming opinions on you before they know you or making assumptions or misunderstanding anything about you because of that? Because I know there's some pretty bad stereotypes about Southern accents. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, so I can't say for sure based off of my accent. I can 100 percent say that I have had that based off of being an American. Ah, uh, OK, definitely. But I, I can't say for sure based off my accent. But okay. to, to give an example of, of just the fact that I'm American, mm-hmm. um, you guys as well would probably run into this. You know, I told you guys to start looking at more into Reddit, right? Right. Well, I just had a thing today, this morning. I'm trying to get an individual, anybody from New Zealand, right? I love New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Some awesome movies were filmed there. I love the music, the culture, the Maori tribes. All that's awesome for to me. So I've been trying to get somebody from there, right? I put up in two two different New Zealand subreddits looking to get a guest, and I state that I am from the states, mm-hmm. and automatically I get who are you and what do you stand for? Oh boy! And and I have a feeling I know what they want, but I don't want to assume. 
So I'm like, could you be more specific? And they're like, do you like Trump? Are you one of those? Are you that American? I was like, oh, so I knew knew that was what they were going for. And it's probably would happen a lot more around the world with Mm -hmm. what's going on today, I'm sure. But I've had that numerous times, like when I'm reaching into people, like the lady I spoke to from China, who's living in California, she told me after we were done that one of the reasons she was very apprehensive and seemed kind of standoffish during the uh, interview mm-hmm. was because she was trying to feel out where my political leanings was. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So there, there is that, but not so much Southern accent wise. Gotcha. And also... I don't like that I have that. So how dare you bring it up? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I hate, I hate I have a Southern accent. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even imagine that. Like a lot of people, they say, oh, because I'm from New York. And they're like, from what part of New York? Like upstate? No, no, no. I'm from, I'm from Brooklyn. Well, you don't sound like it. Well, how yeah. am I supposed to sound? <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm, exactly. I, remember, I went on an interview. It was with a medical insurance company. And we spoke over the phone. He saw my name. He saw my resume. And I walked in, he was like, oh my gosh, I was expecting some guy that was 140 pounds and was white as a ghost. You're this football what? player guy. Yeah, and he like laughed it off. And, and granted, I have to laugh too. Uh, I want the job. So I yeah. have to, <laughs> <laughs> ha ha, all right. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I actually, if I can add on to something, this is strange, but it uh, is based in truth. The whole dumb Southern accent, the whole dumb Southerner thing. Mm-hmm. You guys are well aware of you. You're from the North and I live in the South, so I'm definitely aware of it. It actually has some roots based off the hookworm 100%. way, way back in the day. Uh, there was this issue. I don't remember all the details off the top of my head, but basically humans or you know, Southern people back in the day mm-hmm. would get infected with hookworms. Mm-hmm. and essentially it made them very malnourished it made them slur their words and it gave them that southern drawl 100 you're 100 on track i know exactly what you're talking about yes yeah, so there's so there's some legit historical you know truth to this and it kind of stuck you know what i'm saying it, it kind of stuck wow. so that's where like the lazy southerner came from you know the dumb southerner and whatnot I- Right. And the reason why is such a, I guess, archaic concept that stuck around is because people would walk around in those shoes yep. and that's how they would uh, infiltrate the bloodstream. Yep. So the variants burrow into your foot and go into your bloodstream and slowly cause some, you know, cognitive decline and you'll get mm-hmm. the draws and the, the hooves and the, the drool and anything you would see, <laughs> you see in a Bugs Bunny episode <laughs> is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and yeah, so there's some historical truth to that and yeah, that blew my mind when I found out about it. Definitely. Yeah, I had no idea. So that's super interesting. And that's a cultural misunderstanding in a sense. Yeah. You know, definitely big time. Yeah. It was a it was, it was called the hookworm disease and it ranged mm-hmm. from 1909 to 1914. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So moving on from from language, um, what other elements of people's cultures have you encountered that you know, people either historically or commonly misunderstand or misinterpret. I would say from my experience so far, the number two, the number, the biggest, the second biggest one I've come across is, so I I recently did a episode with a lady from Scotland, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sophina. She is of Indian descent, but she's a third generation Scot, right? So it's her fourth generation that actually immigrated to Scotland. Um, and there, there's a there's a huge uh, 
portion of, of Indians and Pakistanis over there in Scotland. But because she looks like she's got tan and everything, like, you know, you would assume a typical Indian, but a heavy Scottish accent. Hmm. So she took a trip to LA, you know, X amount of years ago. And, you know, somebody, you know, talked to her, yeah, hey, where are you from? Yada, yada. So here's this, what looks like a non-white individual coming out with a heavy Scottish accent. And she's like, I'm from Scotland, but they're looking at her, not seeing a white person. Right. And like, no, no, no. Where are you from? Where are your people? <laughs> you know, yeah. Where are your, where's your family from? She's like, well, my mom and dad are from Scotland. No, no, no. Where are you from? Well, my granddad and grandma is from Scotland. You know, it's like you have to go back four generations for her family right. not to be from Scotland. It's an ignorant thing. And, and I'm sure every every culture probably has mm-hmm. is, is guilty of this. You know, you, you think of an Indian and so you don't necessarily or wouldn't necessarily think of, you know, someone who looks white. You know what I'm saying? Or like a white person born and bred in an Asian country. Mm-hmm. But there are there are people like that over there. You know, right. people travel, people move all the time. People escape, you know, horrible tragedies from their home country to go to another one. You know, like we have here, we have that, you know, with refugees and, and whatnot. We you know we have people with Mexican heritage, but they're born in the state. So they're American. Right. Like mom and dad were born here. Grandparents might not have been born here, but mom and dad were, they were. So they are American. But mm-hmm. you look at them and you're like, no. some some people get that. Well, no, 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 no. Where are you from? <laughs> you're speaking another language. You know, and, and I think that's the second one. That's the number two biggest one I've come across is people assuming you have to look a certain way to be from a specific country. Right. Yeah. And I'm anticipating we'll get a, a fair number of live listeners who say something similar to that, because I know I've come across numerous friends of mine or acquaintances of mine that are either from another country originally or from or, or from America or anything. But you know, basically, they're not white. And they've had ex- some kind of experience with that. At some point in their life, they've had someone ask them, oh, where are you from? And then they, oh, well, I'm from Cleveland. No, no, no. <laughs> where are you from originally? Right. And it's, <laughs> and it's yeah. always something that, that comes up. You know, you see it all, all the time on social media that people get frustrated about because it is, you know, it's probably often unintentional, but it's, it's a bit racist and a bit presumptive. I, yeah. I, I would have to, I, okay, so you're 100% right, but I have to be on the side from the, I guess, from the side of the minority, in re- only in regards to um, being from another country, because I, I feel like Americans as a whole really don't mean to come off as bad as they sound. Yeah, like, definitely. As a whole, I think yeah. there's so many things, and it's just based off of the cultural upbringing that Americans have. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. the, just the idea that, you know, we're a very, I mean, people... People call um, China xenophobic, but America is very, has its own xenophobia to itself, where it's only America, like, you know, we're the greatest stars or <laughs> world champions and we're only ones competing in it. So when you have uh, concepts where they ask, like, what are you, what actually, like, where are you actually from? You, I think it's just like a, a miscommunication in regards to what the proper question should be. Like, what's your nationality? What's your yeah. ethnicity? Those words don't conjure up as fast as they need to. So they say, no, no, no. They think <laughs> re-saying the word and telling yeah. you no was like, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, I would agree. What you just said. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I definitely wouldn't say it's outright racist for sure, because that means, you know, hate's behind it to an yeah, extent. Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, there are all those people, obviously, as well. But, so, I mean, like, yeah, some of you just you just don't know. And, and that's 
something that I'm sure every country has a piece of, you know, because if you're living somewhere else and you see this person that looks a certain color, you, you're, you might automatically assume where, where they must be from. I think that's a more global thing, but it definitely is very American. I would, just, I, would <laughs> I would go as far as to say as well, sadly. And I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of it at times. But again, it's, it's not out of definitely not out of racism or hatred or anything. It's just I'm stupid. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, that's a good I want to learn, like, educate me, please. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It often doesn't come from a place of, you know, nefarious or bad intent or anything like yeah. that. It's often just not knowing. Right. Yeah. And so it's good to, again, have people be informed of it more as a society. I do think that is, again, more a reflection on on our education system and, and yeah. the failings that that brings about. But yeah, I, I think that's a good point that it's not necessarily always ill intent, um, but sometimes mm -hmm. gen and sometimes genuine curiosity, right? Especially if someone does have an accent and you hear them before you ask, you know, I'm sure there's a certain level of genuine curiosity that comes about too. Oh yeah, because when I had the episode with Safina from Scotland, you know, mine done through video as well. Mm -hmm. So I saw her and I, I saw a, a tan woman. So, but she started talking and speaking about a lot of Indian stuff, like uh, chicken tikka masala mm -hmm. is technically invented in Scotland, what? but it's, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was invented in Scotland because they have a large part of, excuse me, portion of Indian people there. Like they have moved there from, I, there was a, I can't remember exactly, but it was a war between them and Pakistan. If I, if I recall correctly, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But so a lot of them escaped and a, a fair amount moved to Scotland. And so slowly but surely with, you know, they brought, you know, their culture and traditions, recipes and all that. And chicken tikka masala is a Scottish invention by, you know, some Indian immigrants, essentially. <laughs> and yeah, like, like Brandon, what? Yeah, like you wouldn't <laughs> have thought that, you know? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's like that's like the equivalent of saying butter chicken was made in Kentucky. <laughs> what? Exactly. Yeah. So we got language and we got place of origin that are mm -hmm. so far the the biggest top two. If you had to oh, pick yeah. a top uh, a number three, do you have something that comes to mind? The only thing I could I can think, and I know we, we'll probably get into it at some point, would be religion. Okay. You know, like if you're from the Middle East, you must be Muslim. If you're from you know, I'm sure even mm -hmm. Muslim Indian people get confused with Muslim, even though it's a huge portion of Hindus over there, you know, so you definitely get that as well. I'm sure if America, you must be Christian, you know, uh, Europe, probably more Catholic, that sort of stuff. Right. Which isn't always the case either, you know. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because a lot of this stuff, you know, like we've touched on a couple different times, you know, a lot of it is at its core, a little innocent, you know, because people yeah. are curious and people do act on trends. People act on averages all the time. Mm. And so if you see something, you know, that's where stereotypes come from, right? It becomes more, it becomes more negative and more harmful when it reaches the point of a, a negative stereotype. But, you know, people use averages and, and typical outcomes for a reason, right? And that's just how our brain works is yeah. you, you operate on what you already know and you extrapolate that out to what you don't know and and hope that it matches mm -hmm. so it's, it is interesting that all this stuff comes up that it really is i guess not negative and not necessarily 
bad intentions, but yeah. it, you know, it does lead to then a lot of these misunderstandings that can then turn to form those kinds of negative stereotypes and, and things oh, like yeah. that. Especially like, screw it, uh, religion, for example. You've spoken about it on your 9-11 thing, on your 9-11 uh, episode, you know, that the Muslim religion in the States took a big hit when that happened in 9-11. A lot of people got looked at the wrong way strictly because of their beliefs, or I know a few others, they weren't with that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, but a portion of the country saw those people automatically as the enemy or wrong or something like that. And that, that that's not the case. It's not the case. So sometimes like, you, you know, that negative influence can happen from a small group doing something terrible. And now the group as a whole gets looked at through a negative lens and it's, it's unfair and it's wrong. And that's definitely a misunderstanding that those type of misunderstandings need to be corrected and highlighted for sure. Well, the last thing I will say in case Natasia is not able to come on, one of the things she told me, cause she worked at like various hotels Mm -hmm. um, around, she worked at a hotel in China. I can't remember the, the, the region she worked at and she worked at a hotel in Saudi Arabia. The way, the reason she started her, cause she has her podcast mind for travel. And this, this is what she does. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, like I told you guys earlier, you know, she has that firsthand experience. Whereas I just talk with people, but even she, when she got the job in Saudi Arabia, you know, her family and friends were telling her, you know, look out, you know, you can't dress a certain way. You can't do this because you're a woman. You can't do that because you're a woman over there. And she got over there and she saw, you know, women out in two-piece bikinis doing this and that. And she's like, well, what the, you know, what the crap, you know, like I could have been doing this too, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that's another misunderstanding you, you get is you hear things and you, you don't know any better. And it's all you hear of that particular place. So you, you kind of, you just assume it. And she assumed it and went it went over there and learned that it was wrong. People were extremely nice and she could wear, you know, a bikini and show skin if she wanted to, even though she was told beforehand, that's not allowed over there for women. Mm -hmm. so, same with, same with China. When she, when she went over there to uh, work at the hotel in China, you know, people were telling her to be careful about this and that and this and that. And some of that was true, but majority of it wasn't those specifics. I don't, quite remember enough to to speak of but she hopefully she'll get on during the live i i, I sent her a thing before we got started here hopefully she'll get on during the live because i'm sure she has numerous numerous ones right in regards to just how much you touch and impact culture do you feel as if you could see res ramblings grabbing a plate from different cultures and then enjoying the meal of their recommendation and while you guys are like enjoying the food like you know food is such an immersive aspect of uh i guess introducing oneself to a culture i was just saying would, would you one day want to do an aspect of like that like imagining with me hold up what say that again like imagining <laughs> with me if you were to like almost like travel the world and like take red's rambling so like the person you spoke to like in the the philip like if you spoke to someone in the philippines you'd go down and like eat some of the cultural food there and you know learn more about the culture through that way not just like through language and whatnot Oh, what, dude? Why not? <laughs> like, come on, that's a dumb question, bro. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I know come people. On. That, I know people that are that do not want to know other cultures, like not whatsoever. They're like, I don't want to travel. I don't want to travel people's food. They're like, I like pizza and wings and fries. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love pizza and fries and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also that. 
I'm I'm down for it, man. Like I actually got asked. I was on the off the Irish podcast. I was on there for like four hours. <laughs> oh wow! But um, you know, I got asked. You know, what what do I do when I speak with every country? You know, it was like 190 something countries, and I doubt that will ever happen. But you know, what do I do when I don't get anybody new? And I say, you know, hopefully by then I'll be where I can travel again or right. travel at all. Um, and I can go to these places and have that experience, you know, have that more in-depth experience and meet up with the people I've spoken to and have them show me, you know, my family around and whatnot. And in terms of like eating stuff, dude, yes. <laughs> like, like I, I have funny joke. I have not really jokes. It did happen, but I have a Vietnamese guy I work with. He's from Vietnam. He, he's been living in the States for almost 20 years, I want to say. But Vietnamese are known for eating dogs. And he is upfront about that. That's not a cultural misrepresentation. Like, mm-hmm. He's open about it. But he'll, he'll bring in the weirdest foods that he like. That's how I tried durian the first time. You mm-hmm. tried uh, durian? Yes, like I've you, tried durian. I yeah, give you st- 10 times more respect than I've ever already given you. That's- <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, you get over the what? smell. It's Yeah, it's not bad. You just got to get over the smell. But he's brought in some weird, he has brought in some weird stuff. And I tell him every time, like, if you bring it, don't tell me what it is and I'll try it. Because if you tell me like it's a rat or, you know, a Rottweiler, I'm not going to eat it. You or know, Zach, if, if you breathe in regards to the durian. It's, it's what, well, you don't like it? Have you tried it? You know, I walked by the store <laughs> and something hit me like a brick. Oh, and I yeah. was like, you know what? Ah, nope. I'll live another day. It's definitely weird. You have to get over the smell first. You have to get over the smell. They have a, actually have a durian pizza, oddly enough. Hmm. Pizza wow. Hut has a cultural version over there in uh, Southern, South Asia of durian flavored pizza. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know if I would ever disrespect my pizza like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, at least there's no pineapple. You got problems, man. You got problems. <laughs> it's the best ever. <laughs> So uh, before we jump into the live portion, we, we still got about 20 minutes, uh, but what about you, Brandon? Have you had any experience? You you mentioned briefly the the one with the job application and you going in to see the guy, but have you have any uh, experiences with this kind of stuff being black in a white majority country? You know, yeah. with, with so like <laughs> that you want to talk about? Right. But I, I, I want, well, there's, you know, I have a myriad of stories, but it just in America, it, it, it unfortunately, it's a bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. it's not as kind as like someone just not knowing what durian smells like i know for <laughs> black women it's when they walk outside with their natural hair uh white people want to touch it like it's a touch museum mm-hmm. you know what i mean like, yeah. like oh i saw this in little house on the prairie how the hell is that <laughs> your life? and i'm like no you can't just run up and touch other humans hair when the 9-11 attacks happened a lot of people what was, was ridiculously prejudiced you would see Anyone with any type of hijab or any type of head covering and let it be from verbal to physical abuse, right? Mm-hmm. So if there was like a national thing that were to happen, like some type of crime or, you know, if you just watch the regular news, depending on how bad the news was, that's how much closer someone would hold their bag when walking mm. past them or something like that. Yeah, like, It's just so much more ingrained than a misrepresentation because now it's just kind of accepted. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about a do-rag if someone wears a do-rag they're automatically a thug right Mm -hmm. but that's been disproven but that's still like a concept i have a question brandon i have a question and i've seen this happen more and more the older i've gotten 
So when I was younger, in my high school years, I had long hair, right? Mm -hmm. And I had it braided numerous times. Uh -huh. I've had plaits, I've had cornrows back in the day. Mm -hmm. I've had all that, right? And that, for me growing up down here in the South, that was okay. Like I got, I never got any bad looks. I mean, I'm sure I did, but I didn't pay attention. I never got anyone call me out for it. Right. None of that. And I see, I don't know if it's part of the cancel culture because that stuff's going rampant right now, but it seems like that whole, like Adele, you know, Adele did, um, I can't remember what, what the name is of the hair that she had done. And people attacked her for cultural appropriation. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I get the, I get the call. You know, some people say it's because, you know, well, if a white person can do it, they can still get a job or still get looked at highly and respected well, in companies and whatnot. But like, no, the way I'm seeing it, uh -huh. the way I see it, no one's going to wear something or get their hair done in a way if they don't like it. Right. And they don't respect it. And that's how well, I see it. Well, you can get a hair, you can get hairstyles and not respect it. You don't have to give a damn about where the hairstyle came from. You just, if you think it looks nice, you look nice and wear it. Now people, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think Adele went to, uh, had a picture. She was, you know, lost all the weight. She had a bikini picture in Jamaica, hair braided, yeah. box braids or whatever. And they're like, oh, you know, only because that hairstyle is so prevalent within the black community. And then people were fired or told um, their hair is not business appropriate. So I've been told numerous times that the hair that grows out of my head, literally to be born, for me to be born with the hair that grows out of my head, it's automatically not business appropriate. And that's that's the issue. So if, if my, my hair naturally will lock up, those are, those are dreadlocks or just yeah. lock. If I go to work, and this was actually an overturned rule in California, that dreadlocks are now officially, you can't discriminate um, someone's uh, job. You can't, you can't be relieved of your position because of your hair. And that was a huge thing that I guess many Black women had to deal with because whether they have hair or weave or wig, yeah. it was never correct. Like I would have to get a shape up to go to an interview to look appropriate. But I was literally born this way. Zach, if I told you to put some geometric line that made no sense to you, but <laughs> to say that you were born improper, that you have to look proper in this, right. you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess you want to look symmetrical, but mm -hmm. why do the people who have unique hair have to look symmetrical and everyone right. else doesn't? Like, I will go to a party and say, ah, your hairline's <laughs> up, ah, and I'm like, Bill Ted and Ned never got a fucking haircut in, in like a <laughs> he never needed it and they look amazing. What do you how come they look great and I look ridiculous? I look homeless. Right. Yeah, and it's a you know, I think it's a, that's a big one that again I've heard of numerous times, and I think it's a it's a big misunderstanding because I think what you had brought up that's the biggest point is that you're born that way, like your hair yeah. is naturally like that. Now it'd be one thing, and this may come across poorly and so i'll preface this by saying i don't mean it to come across poorly it would be one thing if everyone was born with the exact same kind of hair and certain people decided to wear it a certain way that was deemed inappropriate in a particular society but that's right. really not the case i mean there's hairstyles that are more common within different cultures and whatnot right but it's usually hairstyles that complement or or work with a certain hair type it's not just that you have a template, you know, for quote unquote normal hair, and then you decide to do whatever the you want with it. And I think yeah. that's the biggest misunderstanding there is that people, they, they use their previous experiences. They use their own hair or their family's hair or the hair of the other white people that they've seen. And they say, oh, well, if our hair looks like this, then why can't you make yours look like this? And that's not necessarily possible or no. easy or yeah. you know, whatever. 
Right. You're 100% right. Now, it gets a little, unfortunately, it gets a little deeper than that. So when you're deemed, and I'm going back to the early 1900s, if you are told that these people have wild hair and they're, you know, they're heathen and stuff like that, but there's ways to be more accepted in the culture. There's ways to be more approachable. There's ways to look more civil. You could create perm. So what's perm? Perm is a, is, a, is a chemical that denatures the proteins in the hair so it can be straight. For black people, for white people, it curls your hair. Mm-hmm. So black people, they had this perm so they can look more, like women specifically, look more appeasable or look more like, you know, the, 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 the showcase white woman in America so they could be more accepted and be looked at as more appealing. And that I, I, over a period of time, that will denature natural appreciation Right. For your hair, if you're told that you have to per- you have to put in a chemical that seeps into your skin that literally mm-hmm. starts to burn your skin every time you use it, mm-hmm. and for decades, people have been using perm to straighten out their hair, having re- you know irreversible damage to their scalp and to their hair health, mm-hmm. and now there's such a resurgence on understanding natural hair because you've been suppressed to literally know how to use. Like many people across a black culture, do not know how to properly use or treat their hair. That's like yeah. a growing thing because for so many, so many years, it was told it's inappropriate or it's wrong or it looks dirty. Or, you know what I mean? There's so many different kind of uh, negative connotations about black hair that people are now just starting to appreciate it. That's just one. That hair is just one aspect for me. Yeah. So I, I think what, what we can in the hell hair discussion is wear your hair however you like. It don't matter. Like, fucking this, it's hair, dude. Hair, hair don't make you a certain way. It doesn't identify who you are as a person. Right. But it, it, was, it shouldn't matter. Right. But at one point. In, well, I, I, oh, no, no, for it, sure. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this for all those people out there who think it does. <laughs> you're wrong. You're, you're stupid. Stop it. Let, let people do what they want. And I think that stuff's starting to open up a little more. Right. You know, the same thing with tattoos in the workplace. And yeah, oh, yeah. Piercing, you know, society is starting to become more and more accepting of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I've never been where I, you know, don't get me wrong. My couple tattoos are very concealable. They're both on my arm and I can wear a long sleeve shirt, but I've never really been concerned about it. Like if, you know, if for whatever reason, my, I mean, my boss right now knows I have tattoos and he's seen me in a cutoff and he's seen, you know, he's seen the one is on my forearm. And so he's seen me at work with short sleeves. Now, granted, I'm in academia, I'm in science, and the atmosphere, at least where I work, is a little more accepting of that kind of stuff. But, you know, hopefully the same thing starts to apply to things like hair and things like, you know, image in general. Now, obviously, there's a line, right? You know, you can't show up to as, oh, yeah. as a doctor or a lawyer in a cutoff and shorts, right? You know, <laughs> as far box. as, right. As far as dress goes, you know, there is certain, there are oh, still yeah. certain standards for professionalism and things like that. But as far as Im- immutable traits, well, tattoos are not an immutable trait, but as far as things like hair and other immutable traits go, it, it's very different than things that you can control and can easily control, right? Without destroying your scalp in the process. Right. Yeah. It, it, it absolutely blew my, it still blows my mind the amount of surgeons that I work with on a daily basis who have like ridiculous tattoos. And yeah. like, you must understand, like I was told I can't get a single thing on my body, whether it be a piercing, yeah. a design in my hair, I can't do any of that. And the guy's walking around with flames and Aerosmith <laughs> like, got the hair, uh, spike hair. I'm like, where am I? Is this a rock band? <laughs> I, I think that's another 
I'm not gonna say misunderstanding, but something that caught me off guard in terms of culture to kind of go into a more lighthearted subject, music. Mm. I, I, one, I absolutely love music. I listen to something every single day and I prefer rock and roll or, or heavy metal. And one of the things I, I might've mentioned to you guys before I've said, I've mentioned this so many times. It's, it's like everyday thing. But anytime I look into a country, I look at if they have a band and will I like them, right? So again, I, I grew up thinking, you know, metal or rock is more of like a European or definitely an American thing. Oh, not, wow. so, not so <laughs> much so broad as, as it is, you know? So like I, when I did, oh, when I did the episode with Ish, your guy, your guy Ish from Bangladesh, I found a band from there, a Bangladeshi heavy metal band that sounds amazing. I found a few from India that sound great. I've known about ones from Japan, you know, and Brazil and other, other ones like that, but stuff like that, I didn't think before I started this podcast was that widespread, mm-hmm. you know? And that's definitely something I've learned and I've loved. That's a big love that I've learned is that's music. I'm sure you can definitely with rap. I know rap's all over the oh, world. I, right I, trust me, I couldn't wait to start oh. talking about hip hop and how. Oh man, like Japanese some of the ones from they go hard. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the ones from Europe that when when like European rappers with their accent is one of the coolest damn things I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, in my life, a, it is so cool. It's such a huge thing. I mean, starting maybe I'll say since like maybe 2010, just the real integration or the acceptance of like reggaeton was such a was like probably the yep. biggest uh the biggest step and then uh aspects of dance hall in, J- in jamaica is another aspect of reggae was oh, that yeah. and then you have i remember listening to i never forget it was it irish reggae was the coolest <laughs> shit i've ever heard in the accent and the beat i was like whoa and then <laughs> the aspect of hip-hop and rap how there's like i now there's a song I believe it's a Japanese song called It Ji Ma. Yeah. It's probably the like literally like it will destroy your speakers. Like they go hard. For the culture. <laughs> they like the, the da- all the aspects of not just rap but hip hop as a as like the art, the dance, the the style, the wear. Like you know, it's, yeah. it's so integral. When it, even from the '90s to now, the style has been so accepted and yes. really creates almost a global community of hip hop that I'm sure Run DMC wouldn't even dream about. And I, the, the thing that I love the most, and I'm sure you, you can attest to this as well, B, is even if you get it from another country, you hear that cultural sound. Yes, you, you do. know, like that, like that Japanese band or group you're talking about. Like, okay, they're 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 rapping, but like they sound Japanese. Yeah, they yeah, sound yeah. like something from a, a, a dumb, another culture, and that is what adds just a little extra, you know, like that cherry on top. Right. Like that's a great song, but that just that cultural twang sound flavor whatever you want to call it is that extra cherry on top that makes it so much better it, it, yeah. ma- it shows that you when you take things that are naturally uh without barrier and you see how people oh, yeah. accept it like food if you were to take a piece of chicken and take me to 20 take me to 200 countries <laughs> 183 countries you'll find 180 different ways to make chicken uh-huh. or same thing with a Pizza. snare drum or an a cymbal you take yep. a snare drum and a cymbal, I can show you death metal, or I can show you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. So I, I loved how accepting the, the world is when it comes to that. I just I wish it was more, you Definitely. know, a lot more things. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. 
I think that one's probably as good a place as any to to stop this portion of the episode. Uh, we are, we're starting to get some people in the waiting room, uh, and I know that Preeti is going to be joining us soon. Um, so for everyone listening to this portion, uh, thanks for listening, and be sure to tune into the next part of this episode. Uh, the next part we'll be discussing with live listeners who will then share their experiences of cultural misunderstanding, either of their own uh, experiences of someone misunderstanding their culture or themselves misunderstanding other or themselves misunderstanding others' cultures. Uh, and we'll also have Preeti Upala, uh, a former Miss India and actress and so many other things joining us for that part of the conversation as well. Red, before we sign off for this portion for this episode, do you want to throw a plug in for anything for your podcast or anything you've got going on? Check out Red's Rambling Podcast, YouTube, everywhere you listen. And oh, I do have a giveaway. Uh, I know Zach and B, you are you guys already know about it, but I do have mm-hmm. a giveaway on my on my YouTube. If you go to it, there's a episode special announcement episode. All you gotta do is subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment on the video, and whenever my 50th episode is out, I'm a random drawing, and whoever wins gets a $50 gift card to wherever they want. Amazon, Walmart. Even if you're in another country, if it's a place I can get a gift card for you from, you're going to get a $50 gift card for whoever wins. So definitely that. And if you're not, if you listen to this and you're not subscribed or following Say What Needs Saying, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> These guys are great. These guys are awesome. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. We appreciate that from the bottom of our hearts, man. Yeah, for sure. And thanks for joining us. This was great. This was, I know you said at the beginning that you weren't sure that you were the person to speak on this, but honestly, you, you, you brought a lot of stuff to the table that I wasn't aware of and, and that I'm sure broadened both mine and Brandon's perspectives on a lot of this stuff. And it was, it was great. No problem, man. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this. This was fun. All right. Sounds good. With that, we'll call it a day and tune in for part two. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Say What Needs and on Instagram and Facebook at Say What Needs Saying for live updates and sound bites from our actual podcast. Don't forget to continue the discussion. Thank you for listening. Thanks.